Did you know Bold Commerce has some of the best apps to increase the size of almost all your orders? Maybe you're looking to run store-wide sales with countdown timers. Boom! Bold Discounts will run your scheduled promos with just a few clicks, no coupon codes required. Or maybe you're looking to maximize average order value. You could count on Bold Upsell, Bold Motivator, or Bold Bundles. With Bold Upsell, you can offer product upgrades, cross-sales, or complimentary products as free gifts. With Bold Bundles, you could boost average order value by bundling a few products or an entire collection so that your customers can mix and match items to get a discount. Now, hey, when was the last time you made an online purchase and saw a message like, spend 15 more dollars for free shipping? With Bold Motivator, you could do that same thing and more. Offer free shipping, free product, or even a percentage off the entire order. Pick and choose which apps are best for you, or use them all to boost conversion at an average order value. With free bold apps for 14 days, there's no excuse not to try and boost your sales this year. To get this special offer, go to boldcommerce.com slash Kurt. That's boldcommerce.com slash K-U-R-T. In today's episode, we're going to talk about Google Performance Max, what those changes mean, and what it means for Google going forward. Joining me is Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce, a digital marketing agency, Google Premier Partner, and Amazon Ad Partner. Still not convinced? Brett is the host of two leading e-commerce podcasts, Spicy Curry, I love this name, and an e-commerce an e-commerce evolution podcast, which highlights what's new, what's next in e-com. He and his team manage Google, YouTube, and Amazon ad campaigns for growing e-com brands. They've worked with an impressive array of brands, including Native, Boom by Cindy Joseph, Organifi, Madison Reed, and many more. He's a frequent speaker on top industry stages like Traffic and Conversion Summit, Social Media Marketing World, SellerCon, IRCE, and more. Do you need more to be convinced here? He's also been featured on top industry publications, Search Engine Journal, Smart Marketer, The Shopify Blog, and more. I made this man stand a little taller with that intro. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Tech nasty. And this is the unofficial Shopify podcast. Mr. Curry, thank you for joining us. What is up, Kurt? Man, thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for that amazing introduction. I, I'm just a little bit taller. And I'm also uh, simultaneously feeling a little bit of pressure. Like I got to deliver the goods on this episode to live up to the hype. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think I have faith in you because I've, I've heard you talk about PMAX on a stage uh, we were both in Miami Beach for uh, Ezra Firestone's Blue Ribbon, and I was like, wow, this guy clearly knows a thing or two about Performance Max. Uh, so, all right, the first thing we have to get out of the way here is that obviously we're cool kids, and so we're not going to call it Performance Max. Like, that's a, a, I'm not a nerd, okay? We're gonna, what do we call it, Brett? We call it PMAX. Shorten it, PMAX, because Performance Max is a mouthful. PMAX may sound like a prostate medication. It's not. It's just short for Performance Max. What is PMAX? Yeah. So Performance Max or PMAX, sorry, we'll, we'll stick with PMAX. It is the newest campaign type that Google has made available to advertisers. And it's really a combination of every Google channel that you can imagine all rolled into one campaign. So it's search, it's shopping, it's display, it's discovery, it's YouTube, it's maps, if you're running any kind of maps or local ads, it's like everything rolled into one. So typically 
you'd have to create a separate YouTube ad campaign, which I'm, I'm a huge YouTube fan. I'll talk about YouTube and Pmax uh, as we go here. Uh, separate shopping campaign, separate search, separate all that. But this is Google saying, no, 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 just, just give us all your best assets, right? For each of these channels, put it all into one though. Give us some audience signals, give us some parameters, and then we'll go nuts, right? The, we'll let the AI take off. And so it's all one campaign. And I gotta say, Kurt, when I first heard this idea, when I first heard that, that Pmax was gonna be a thing, I was not enthused. I was not excited. I was not optimistic. I uh, was not looking forward to the day that this was gonna come out. It felt like it was gonna be black box. It felt like it was gonna be all Google control. It felt like, I was, I was actually a little bit angry uh, about it. But, but uh, I have, proverbially seen the light, right? It's been, it's been really good. I, I've heard some, some negatives. We can talk about negatives as we, as we go, but for the most part, it's actually been quite great. And there actually is some level of control. So we can get into any of that that you want to get into. When these announcements were made, I did the sentiment I saw from other marketers did seem negative. And for the reasons you described where they're like, Hey, I am a fiddle monkey and you are taking away all my fiddly knobs and dials and toys. Exactly. And we don't like that. We want to play. We want to be able to dial it in and get it right. And the idea of like, well, you just give us everything and we'll, we'll figure it out for you. You don't have to worry about it. Especially when it's, you know, they're the ones also controlling the analytics and the attribution. They're like, <laughs> hold on here. Yeah. I, I, yeah, you got to give me something. Yeah. Um, so I, I understand the fear, but you were one of the first people I heard uh, this year who was like, Pmax is totally the future. And then I, other people started saying the same thing. And so I thought, okay, there's something here. And so far, it seems like reception has over has gone from like before they got to play with it, negative, to once they got to play with it, positive. Right. And and so what's interesting, so, you know, you know we've, we've got a team of 65 and we got, you know, over 100 clients. And, wow, 65 uh, people. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy, man. Um, you're a lot since you and I first started hanging out. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, I can only think of like one or two clients where I was like, yeah, Pmax was kind of, mm, it was meh. For the most part, it's been an improvement. It's been an improvement over smart shopping and improvement over other campaigns. I have seen other threads on part of a couple e-commerce communities and one in particular, there was a thread that I was a part of about a week ago and it was probably 60% negative. Like people saying, I transitioned my smart shopping campaigns to, to Pmax and, and it tanked. We haven't seen that, and I think I know why those tanked. And I kind of gave some feedback in the, in the forum, but yeah, for the most part, it's been it's been positive, and there's still enough you can tweak that makes it pretty exciting. All right, and so you said uh, this is their newest system. When did this thing roll out? So actually, interestingly enough, it, it was in alpha. So so for those that don't know, right, alpha comes before beta. So beta is like a limited audience or whatever. Alpha is like, you know, the original, original um, buddy of mine was actually in the, in, the, in the alpha group. And I think that was about 2018. So it's been it's been in the works for about four years. And what's interesting is that uh, when it was first launched, it did not have shopping as a component. It was all search, display, YouTube discovery. And, and then shopping was added later, which is interesting because it actually, for those that don't know, if you had smart shopping campaigns, which was another Google campaign type that I didn't really like, but then actually started working great. Um, now all performance max campaigns have been, I'm sorry, all smart shopping campaigns have been upgraded to performance max or Pmax, but Pmax wasn't even designed initially as uh, as shopping, but, but it, shopping does work quite well inside of Pmax. And so with Pmax, you give it, it is like all channels, 
all surfaces rolled into one campaign mode. And so that sounds to me like I would have to feed it all kinds of different format, media, dimensions. How does populating content for that work? Like yeah, what's the messaging so, in the ad look like? Right. So this is where this is where we could get into some some different debates with other, you know, Google ad pros about, you know, how many Pmax campaigns you should launch and how many ad sets inside of Pmax you should launch and and ad set I'm, I'm sorry, uh, asset groups, ad sets. That's a Facebook term. I don't even run Facebook. Where'd that come from? Uh, so one of the differences with with Pmax is there are no ad groups, there are asset groups. Right. And an asset group is a combination of assets and audience signals and, and, and listing groups, which a listing group is basically your your products from your shopping feed. That's a that's a listing group. Right. So an asset group is a collection of all of those things. So, you know, you, you kind of this balancing act where as you're building out your campaigns and your asset groups, you want to you don't want things to be so segmented that nothing gets enough budget and enough activity to for the machine to really learn and see what's go going on and to see what's good but you also don't want everything lumped in you know if you're selling if you're selling uh you know disney lightsabers i was just thinking of that because you get that that sweet lightsaber behind you and we're also selling you know some some stuff from tangled right my girls like the movie tangled so you don't you typically want all those in in one asset group for sure, but not all in one campaign typically either because the assets and the messaging and the audiences, all those are so different, right? So yeah, I can't be mixing my Star Wars and my Disney princesses, even you know, like that. That's just a no, no. I, I know it's very offensive, R2. You can't do it. <laughs> you just can't do it. So, uh, so yeah, so that's where you have to think about segmentation. And so you're giving, you're giving Google search headlines, you're giving Google search descriptions. So just think typical search ad. You're giving Google display headlines. So those are often a little bit shorter than a search headline. You're giving display descriptions, which are usually a little shorter, more concise than a description that's in search. You're giving Google images. So usually some lifestyle images, some product images, images that will be used for display and discovery. You're giving Google your product feed. So the product feed that you've always used for Google shopping, you're giving that to Google. And then you're potentially segmenting that. Uh, you're giving Google YouTube ads. And here's the one sneaky thing, Kurt. If you decide, you know what? I'm not ready for YouTube. I don't want to run YouTube right now. I don't have ads that are ready. So I'm going to withhold a YouTube ad from, from Pmax. Well, Google goes into super helpful mode. And they're like, we got you. We'll auto-generate a video for you. And so they'll pull images from your site or your feed. And they will create this auto-magically generated video. And uh, if you can sense my sarcasm, that's good because the <laughs> videos suck. So even if your video is not great, like what you add will be better than what Google ads. And, and what we have found is if if your ads are not optimized for YouTube, it, it'll stop spending. Like it'll just stop, stop the impressions and stuff if it's not seeing results. But you still want to put something out there that you've created typically rather than letting the, the bots at Google craft something for you. And so, so you're giving Google all of that. And then you're not picking exactly the audiences you want. You're not saying Google, go after this affinity audience or go after this lookalike audience, similar audience uh, to use Google's vernacular, but you're giving Google audience signals. So you're saying, hey, here's some audience signals for your Google, but Google will go beyond that. Google uses that as a starting point. They use that to inform what they're gonna do, but then they go uh, well beyond those audiences. So it's audience signals, which is a little bit different. And so for people familiar with how Facebook works, because I'm more more familiar yeah. with Facebook yeah. ads. 
this sounds like, hey, you, you give us your custom audience source data, and then it's going to go create lookalike audiences for me. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And, and, I, and it actually brings up a good point, Kurt. I, I think there's a couple reasons why Google did this. Uh, I think one of them is to tap into unsold inventory, right? You get, look, look at, at the Google Display Network. I know almost nobody who's good at Google Display Network. Even, even my own agency, like we're, we're okay at display. Like we're really good at YouTube. We're really good at search and shopping and we're really great at display from a remarketing and loyalty standpoint. But there's so much inventory out there, right? The, the Google Display Network covers like 89% of the web or something crazy like that. And it's like a we're, lot of, it's like a, a uh, scrolling through a blog and there's like ads stuck in there. Yes. Or even like CNN, there'll be like ads stuck in exactly. there. Exactly, yeah. So Display Network. News, yeah, news site, your favorite blogs, mommy bloggers, whatever. Like most sites on the web, 80, 79%, whatever it is, are part of the Google Display Network. So you, you can, Google can run an ad on those sites. Most people are bad at that, but Google's saying, no, 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 we, we know how to do this, right? So you give us your best assets. You give us these audience signals. We'll go in and make that convert for you. A lot of people aren't good at YouTube. We're really, really good at YouTube and running YouTube as a, as a standalone, but Google's saying, hey, give us your best YouTube assets. We'll find a way to make YouTube work for you. And so, and then I think the other piece is Facebook has just been easier, right? Facebook was created more recently and I think it's a little more intuitive, right? I'm not a Facebook guy, I'm a Google guy, but but it just, it, it seems easier, right? So I think- Facebook ads people right now who are just screaming in their car as they think about the horror of Facebook business manager. Yeah, okay. Such... People are like, you don't know what you're talking about, Curry. Yeah, yeah. so I- I've seen. Uh, but I mean the um, like the campaign setup. Yeah. So like dealing with iOS 14 plus, you know, we're, we're at 16 now, but um, I know that's not easy. I mean, like the setup and stuff, like setting up a Google campaign has always been a nightmare, uh, comparatively speaking. And so I think Google wanted to, to compete with, with Facebook more directly, right? Google's number one source of revenue is ads, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. And so I think, you know, a lot of what Google leverages to make their ad product better, so to make placements better for for Google Display Network, to make placements better for YouTube, things like that. It's based on first-party data, Kurt. So it's based on, so you got to think, like when you search for something, you're giving Google that data directly. Right? So that's not, that's not third-party data at that point. That's Google's data now because you're interfacing with their search engine. So now they can use that for targeting, right? There's a, there's a lot of, all the stuff we interact with on, on YouTube, which is both interest-based and it's query-based, right? Lots of query, about half, the views on YouTube are from queries, about half are from the algorithm serving up, you know, recommendations and stuff. So there's all this rich data that, that YouTube and Google have. So, you know, Google and YouTube have been less impacted from iOS 14. There's been impact, no doubt, but less impacted, I believe, than than Facebook because a lot of that data is first party. Yeah, they have they have my my Google searches, which are like, can my rabbit eat X? They've yeah. got <laughs> they've got uh, my YouTube search history, which is like. I was odd tinkering. I restored this old GameCube. And then uh, yes. they've got, uh, they know what sites I visit because of Google Analytics, don't they? Right. They do. They do. And, and yeah. And so, uh, and then you can, you can upload your own audiences. So yeah, Google knows almost everything about you. Right. And, and there, there are things that there are articles that have been written about, you know, Google predicts like the next flu outbreak, right back when the, the flu was a topic, you know, pre COVID or whatever, like they, they could predict, Hey, there, there's a, there's an outbreak here. Based on people searching symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they can predict certain things in certain areas just based on the search, uh, the search history. There, there's a famous story and I mentioned it a few times, but I think it's 2015 Google actually started serving 
uh, a lady pregnancy ads before she had taken a pregnancy test. So she'd started searching related to pregnancy or really like, like symptoms and whatnot she was having. It was like, oh, she's pregnant. We're going to serve these ads. And then she took a test later and she was pregnant, right? So that's when uh, that's when privacy is like a little like you need, you need more privacy, right? So that's where Google now for anything health related, medical devices, different, you know, conditions, those searches like they don't target based on that or they say they don't. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Google knows essentially everything about you. What's something you just can't live without? For this Shopify merchant, it's Zipify one-click upsell. $10 of extra revenue on every single order, 30% increase for us in average order value. You can't live without it as a Shopify store owner. What would be a game changer for your business? For this merchant, it's a simple Shopify app. Zipify one-click upsell. It's definitely a game changer. It's adding about $9 in extra revenue for every customer that we bring in. That's right. Our number one app that we've been using to help transform our business overall has been... Hey, oh, were you listening to that? You really want to hear about this life-changing Shopify app? Here it is. One-click upsell. It's going to help you increase your average order value a lot and increase your profit from your hard work. Zipify one-click upsell can increase your Shopify revenue by 10 to 15% overnight. Created by the owner of a $155 million brand and trusted by over 11,000 Shopify merchants, one-click upsell helps you boost your average order value with targeted upsells and cross-sells. It is no wonder one-click upsell has made its users an extra $316 million in sales. To start your free 30-day trial, go to zipify.com slash Kurt. That's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash K-U-R-T. And to get an unadvertised gift, email help at zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. You know, we're on the topic of audience signals. What yeah. are the audience? You said like, hey, you give it audience signals and they'll figure it out. I get how they're right. figuring it out and like why yeah. they are potentially really good at it. What are the signals I'm giving them? What do I have yeah. to do? So this is such a good question. And you, you've got to give Google good signals because this is a starting point. Google's going to go beyond it. Google's going to look for similar two audiences. They call them similar, uh, yeah, similar two audiences. Um, they're going to go beyond it, but you need a good starting point, right? And I think this is where people that have maybe, you know, they've, they've done that automatic upgrade from smart shopping to Pmax and it didn't work. It's likely because they didn't add the right assets you know, to the Pmax campaign. So you, you need to give Google enough assets to be able to optimize and or they probably didn't give Google the right signal. So uh, this is one of the, you know, sometimes Google gives a recommendation and we're like, no, that's not actually what you should do, right? That's helpful for Google, not helpful for you. This is one of the cases where I totally agree with what Google uh, says and, and their, their best practices. So the two main types of signals you give Google in a Pmax campaign are one, custom segments, I'll break that down in a second, and then to your data, so your audiences. And this is where you give Google your converters, your all visitors, your customer match list, which is your email list, could be your email list of buyers, your email list of repeat buyers, email list of VIPs, email list of anybody on your email list, right? So you're giving Google your data. And then a custom audience, that, that's something that can take a, a couple of different forms. My favorite type of custom audience is where you're giving Google a list of search terms, a list of keywords that people have searched. And so the way Google builds that custom segment is they're saying, okay, we got this list of keywords or these lists of search terms you've given us. We're gonna build an audience of people that have searched for that in the last 14 days. Uh, the, the caveats being, 
if someone's searching something related to pregnancy or IBS, we had a client that, that does some uh, stuff for upset stomachs, um, like so, some medical conditions are going to be like, okay, you gave us a keyword, but we're not going to add that to the list. But they'll create an audience of people that have searched for those in the last 14 days. So you give Google both of those signals for every asset group. Um, and it will work better, right? You want to give Google like a good starting point. And, and a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to give Google my remarketing data because I don't want this to be a remarketing ad campaign. I want it to be a, uh, a new customer acquisition campaign, right? But what we found is that Pmax is quite good at finding net new people. That's really hmm. kind of the way it was designed was to find new shoppers, new buyers. Because you, you can, if you give Google the proper data, you can actually see a segment of new versus returning shoppers, for each of your campaigns. And, and our experience has been uh, smart shopping in days of old, smart shopping is dead now, uh, RIP smart shopping, uh, was really good at remarketing. Pmax is really good at finding new customers. That, that's been our experience. Which is, I mean, like that's the holy grail. That's what you want. The criticism you of, want. Uh, of PPC networks, and we had Rand Fishkin on before this, was, hey, Dude, they're huge taking credit. Opinions. Yeah, that Rand's guy like uh, yeah, uh, Whiteboard Friday from back in the day. I mean, that was a huge. <laughs> we do a lot of SEO. We don't anymore, but um, we used to watch Whiteboard Fridays at the office and stuff. So sorry, I, you heard, I heard Rand Fishkin. And I'm a fan. Yeah, boy, everybody so. loves this guy, uh, <laughs> myself included. But uh, yep. Rand's criticism, and like I, he's he's an SEO guy, so he's like pro SEO. Um, but his criticism of uh, of Google PPC and Facebook PPC is they're just taking credit for customers you were going to get anyway. At least a large part of your attribution is that and the criticism i hear of pmax is like well it's just going to show it to branded search yeah so i want to hear like all right what are the criticisms what are the negatives here yeah it's a, it's a really it's a really good point so i, I love rand and i would love to have a, a debate on this topic with rand i don't disagree i think there are certain cases and certain areas where we're probably paying for clicks that we don't need to pay for or we're paying for too many remarketing impressions. We don't need maybe as many as we're paying for. So I think there's a, there's definitely an element of truth to what he's saying. Um, and there's definitely some truth to performance, uh, PMAX, sorry, dude, I'm like, I, I, I forgot the cool kid rule, PMAX. Uh, if you don't channel it, it will lean heavily into branded search because I, I believe, and this is not so my purpose, it's just, just my own observation. I think it's just trying to get conversions, trying to get conversions fast, trying to hit those goals. So it can kind it of be off to show results. So you stick with it. Results. So the fastest way to do that is to grab some branded search. So what you can do though, you can now, now right now you have to go through your agency or through a Google rep or whatever. Uh, but someone at Google has to add that, that branded search list as a negative. We almost always do that though, for our campaigns. Another thing to keep in mind is Google says this and it's only like partially true. If you have a really robust branded search campaign with exact match keywords, and if you don't know what that is, just Google is fine. Uh, we don't have to talk about it now, but exact match, good ads, good segmentation, all that. Google says they'll prioritize your existing exact match search campaigns. We haven't found that to always be the case. So uh -huh. we do like to add branded keywords as a negative to Pmax. Now here's something interesting though, Kurt. I think a lot of people say, Hey, if someone's typing in my brand name, they, they've already decided to purchase. I don't think that's true, right? I don't think that's true. And I think you can also look at a, at a few different types of keywords, especially if someone is typing in like your brand versus competitor brand or your brand and reviews or your brand and some other kind of keyword that indicates they're so, still researching. Yeah. Uh, okay. So branded is getting lumped into, 
I all of this is direct traffic that I was going to get. And obviously they would only visit my site because they're going to buy. Mm-hmm. When the reality is, I think branded search, if you dive into it, is more complicated, especially when it's like you add those um, yep. qualifiers to it, like reviews yep. versus comparison. Yeah. 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 And another thing we do this kind of next level, and, and I'll tip my hat to uh, Greg on my team. He's the one that kind of came up with this. You should also maybe even segment your branded campaigns from people who've never bought before and people who have bought before, right? So there's there could be someone that maybe they just saw your Facebook ad or your YouTube ad, and now they're searching for your brand name. They are still very much in play. Like they like they have not decided yet, right? You're not Nike, so they're not. You know, if you type in Nike, like you're probably not going to say, "Oh yeah, I'll just buy the Converse. That'll be fine." Uh, but for your brand, like the people aren't that loyal yet, right? If they if they've never bought from you before and they're searching in your brand name. You want your ad to show up there. You want to control that that search results page because a competitor can come in and, and swipe that potentially, right? So, so we like to segment where if someone is searching for our, our client's branded name and they've never bought before, we're going to bid differently. We're going to we're going to structure that differently than if someone has been three or four times or bought two or three times before. Like we 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 kind of segment that from. We would still call the branded campaign that where someone's never purchased. We would lump that in a new customer acquisition versus the other would be loyalty. And they're going to be in different buckets with different goals and different, you know, different structure. So are you started to get into some of the, the tweaks, the optimizations that you have to make to really get the, the yeah. value out of yep. Pmax. And cause it's like, for the most part, it's like, Hey, it's going to, you give us all your best assets Right. You know, your give us your best creative, give us your best audience insights that you have, and then we're going to take it from here. But it sounds right. like there's some um, there's some tweaks and optimizations that really help. In addition to like give it everything it asks for. Um, right. So you now that we're into we're we're getting into the controls and tweaks of an otherwise automatic system. What else do I need to be looking at? What can I? Yeah, control? yeah, really interesting. So so some of the things that I'm going to share now. Maybe the topic of hot debate, right? I've got some friends that are related to PMAX. We don't we don't agree on everything, right? But basically, what, what I'm going to share is based on the data that we've seen, and we've got a lot of data, right? We've got some clients, got a few that are spending like 10 k plus a day on on PMAX. We have a few clients that are spending like thirty five to fifty k a day on PMAX. We, we, we get we get data, right? Maybe we're not the biggest agency or anything like that, but we, we got some PMAX data. So a few of the things that I would recommend. Uh, I I really like fairly closely segmented asset group. So think about your asset group from, okay, these are the audience signals that I'm giving, and these are the assets that all needs to jive, right? So going back to the Disney example, I, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna put in my, my top, you know, tangled merch uh, images. And, and I, I prefer, you can, you can add up like 15 or, or more. I like to go a little bit less, right? Especially if you're not giving the campaign massive amounts of budget. Like you're not gonna start at 10K a day. That's insane. You're gonna start at a couple hundred bucks a day or hundred bucks a day or whatever. So I like to give it fewer assets. I like to give maybe three to five image assets of various sizes. And, and there's, I've got a, a guide that I can send that, that, that kind of maps this out. Um, but I wanna, I wanna, you know, just choose my best assets. Then I wanna choose, you know, my best headlines and best descriptions. I want a, a tightly themed listing group. So kind of my top sellers for, you know, Tangled merch or whatever. And then I'm going to build those audiences, right? So I'm going to, I'm going to upload, here's a list of all my buyers of Tangled merchandise or all the people that have purchased the DVD, if people still do that. I think, I think sometimes they do, right? Uh, so I'm building this, this Tangled uh, audience of my customers. And then I'm also going to then build that custom segment of people that have been to, you know, the, the Tangled website. And it does not, can't exactly do that, but uh, people that have searched for, tangled related keywords, right? So I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to tightly theme it. 
And so you can control, you control performance, you control Pmax based on the assets and the signals you give it. And then the way you the way you bid. So bidding, and this is only a smart bid campaign. You, you can either do maximize conversions, or you can do, uh, uh, or you can do maximize uh, return on ad spend. Right? I'm sorry. You can do maximize conversions or maximize conversion value. So maximize conversions. You can give Google a target CPA, like a CPA to, to try to shoot for if you want. Ta uh, maximize conversion value. You can give Google a target return on ad spend or not. Uh, either way so those are kind of the main the main levers you can pull there um, then we're kind of pulling assets and adding assets based on what we see um, sometimes we're like starting an asset group with listing group and then pulling it to try to get the campaign to lean into youtube but, but like, some, some advanced stuff we can do later but that's that's at least some some basics and hopefully that wasn't too tech nasty and hopefully that made sense but what, what are the questions do you have there kurt uh all right so it, i would have to go back and like listen to that to put it together <laughs> it was a little okay, over my head, if I'm honest. Let, let me let me distill to this. Your main controls are the assets you give it, the audience signals you give it. Make sure those are closely themed. And then how are you bidding, right? And I and I would say maximize conversions leads you more to like new customer acquisition. Okay. Maximize That's like the key value. One. Yep. Yep. Maximize conversion value leads you to like better return on ad spend or better performance. So I like to kind of to segment that way. So if it's all about new customer acquisition, I'll generally lean maximize conversions. If it's more about efficiency, I'll lean maximize conversion value. That's me. I know a couple people that disagree with me on that, but it's more about tightly theming assets, audience signals, and then choosing the right bid type. All right. Black Friday is next month. Dude, Black Friday. going to be wild. What are there considerations here? Like with uh, like Facebook ads, we want to build the list up yep. in advance. Same with like email. It's like all about list building. And then once you're actually at Black Friday, you're probably not going to be acquiring new customers and it's going to be expensive to do it. So you want to just shift all your budget into remarketing. Are there, a, with Pmax, do I just let it run? Are there optimizations here? Do we even know? Is it too, this thing like just rolling out? Yeah, there, there are still, so right, there's still some things we don't know. There are areas where we don't have data, right? So, and, and I've heard that Google's going to add more data to Pmax, but as an example, if you're looking at your display assets inside of Pmax, you can see what's poor, what's average, what's best, things like that, what's good, but you don't see actual number of clicks, an actual number of clicks. It's super annoying. So some, some of that's going to be added. You can see data inside of a listing group. So what would be, what it would have been shopping, you know, what is shopping now? You can see some more data there. So Google does withhold some data, which is which is super annoying. Uh, I would I would tend to agree with you. You know, now is the time between now and Black Friday. Now is the time to, to lean hard into top of funnel if you can. Build up your viewed video audiences, so audiences of people that have engaged with your content. Build up the all visitors audiences and people that have visited your product pages and things like that. Build up those audiences. So yeah, you can you can likely you'll need to shift some budget into capturing, you know, harvesting from those audiences uh, around Black Friday, Cyber Monday. What we would recommend on Performance Max is uh, don't come in and like do a wholesale swap of assets where let's say you want to run, I want to run all my Black Friday images, you know, for this, for this sale. I would recommend putting in some Black Friday assets with your existing assets and let the machine kind of slowly see, oh, these, these Black Friday ads are going to work really well. These Black Friday images are going to work really well. Uh, so that that's one way to kind of go about it. Same with YouTube too. I like that approach. 
it makes sense. It's like, okay, don't rock the boat. You know, you've got this thing running and working. Now just introduce some Black Friday stuff and let it worry about it. Yep. Yep. Exactly. You know, the, and we even do that on, on branded search to a certain degree. We're like, okay, we'll run now some Black Friday uh, text ads next to our existing text ads. With branded search, it's a little, like it's a little less fickle. You could probably pause some of your existing ad copy to just run Black Friday ad copy. But for most of your campaigns, kind of let it, let it warm up because any, any major change in your campaigns will, will, will kind of, it'll rock the boat. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would agree with that. And I, and I think, you know, then just be watching, right? Just be watching your campaigns because you may have some areas, right? We, we've seen this over the last several Black Fridays where there, there are certainly cases where we're like, hey, this top of funnel YouTube campaign, it's now inefficient. So it's really pulled down the budget. But occasionally you'll have some areas that work, right? So you want to lean into those a little bit. But, you know, the, the way I, we always like talk about it with, with our clients and with our, our media buyers and our specialists and our team is, Everything is just condensed in, in the holidays, right? Like one week is like a month, you know, one day is like a week. So, so, you know, yeah, keep leaning in the top of funnel, but don't, you know, just let it run for a week. Check it, check it every day and, and tweak it based on what you're seeing. So a lot of the same things we would be doing. It's just all, all condensed because of the, uh, the frenetic nature of, of shopping in the holidays. This episode was brought to you by the team at Rewind, a trusted Shopify app since 2015. If you're a Shopify partner, join leading agencies like Milk Bottle Labs, Velstar, and Mac Digital Designs, and more in the Rewind Agency Partner Program. You can earn up to $2,000 for recommending Rewind to your clients, and you can rest easy knowing that the hard work you've done for your clients is protected. If you're a merchant, feel confident and enjoy peace of mind that your store is always safe with automated backups. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Learn more by looking up Rewind in the Shopify app store or visit rewind.com. Best of all, visit rewind.com slash Kurt Elster and get a 30 day free trial. You're a big, you're a big YouTube guy. You're bullish on YouTube, YouTube ads. Yeah. Are there uh, YouTube specific considerations here? Other than I know if you don't give it a video, but let it run YouTube, it's just going to make a garbage slideshow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like some of the things that, that, that have been true for a while now are still true with YouTube, right? YouTube is, uh, it's mostly about getting the right asset, mostly about getting the right ad audience segmenting and bidding all, all that's important too, but it's like mostly about the ad. So we're, we're still seeing like the minute and a half to three minute ad on YouTube is the best typically because you need to say enough. You need to hook someone and you need to say enough to make them be like, hey, I, I should check this out. I need, to, I need to see more about this, right? So you gotta have a good hook, good product demonstration, good social proof, maybe some UGC mixed in there, good call to action. Like you gotta have all those things. But what we found is, you know, some campaigns, some Pmax campaigns will really lean into YouTube. Like we, we had one, one campaign for an outdoor company that was spending eight to 10K a day on Pmax. And there, there are some ways you can kind of back into the data. It was more YouTube than anything else, which is super interesting, right? So, so for some people, getting the YouTube campaign structure right, you, just, you haven't been able to do it. So Pmax may be a way to do that. I, I have a prediction, and again, this is an area that a lot of people don't agree with me on, but I'm going to say it anyway. I, I think Pmax, like a lot, for a lot of brands, YouTube is an untapped opportunity. New territory, right? A lot of people are not using it. I think Pmax could be anywhere from 15 to 30% of your YouTube spend, and it could be profitable. To really maximize YouTube, you're gonna want separate YouTube campaigns, you're gonna to wanna to kind of go nuts on that. 
But I think PMAX could be significant with YouTube spend if you have the right assets in those campaigns. So if I have a video I'm confident in, I should at the very least be letting PMAX try and run this on YouTube for me. Totally. Yep. Yep. No harm there. It's like if it, if you give your campaigns real limited budget or if, you know, Google tries and it's not seeing conversions, it, it'll lean into search or shopping or something else. But yeah, if you've got a, if you've got a video that's converting on Facebook, it's likely to work on YouTube if it's of the right length. And so to add a little more parameter there, so I said a minute and a half to kind of three minutes in length for YouTube, really we suggest like no shorter than 30 seconds. If it's a 15 or something, it probably won't convert on, on YouTube. It'll get a lot of views, get a lot of impressions, but it won't get a lot of conversions. So typically in that you know minimum of 30, 45 seconds, but ideally minute and a half to three minutes. So at the shorter, they're not going to skip it, but also it's not going to have the same impact. When it's exactly. longer, you're it's, really like you're qualifying yeah. people. Yeah, because like a YouTube ad kind of stands alone, right? It's, it's you know, if someone's watching a YouTube video, all they really see is that pre-roll, most are running pre-roll ads. You have some stuff displayed below it, but it's not like a Facebook ad where, you know, maybe you've got a carousel and maybe you've got a big old block of text. And so the video could just serve as kind of the grabber. And then the text really sells somebody. With YouTube, the video's got to do all of it, right? So it's got to it's got to arrest someone, get their attention, but then it's got to convince them to to watch and then to click and then hopefully to to go beyond that. So yeah. So are there? I assume they're evolving this thing. What's coming down the pipe? What new features are you looking forward to? Yeah. So uh, we should be able to add negatives on our own. Uh, that is that is coming. That's a huge necessity. A huge necessity, for sure, like a huge necessity. There, uh, we've heard conflicting reports here, so I'll just say I'm hopeful. There will be some more data included, right? And I think there is this balancing act, like if I'm just gonna try to put on my Google glasses and, and be like, hey, Google's amazing, Google's awesome. I think a lot of it is they don't want you to, to fiddle with what you shouldn't fiddle with. I think if I were to look more realistically, though, it's like Google, Google wants to control. Uh, but I have heard that, that, that some more data will be will be coming. So th those are a few things, at least, that, that I am looking forward to with, with PMAX. And, um, you know, for, for the most part, we've seen PMAX now exceed smart shopping, both in terms of performance and in terms of new customer value. So I think I think it's going to continue to get better. Uh, but I'm looking for more advanced reports, right? So, so I know how I can get in there and optimize a little bit better. If I want to get started with this, what resources do you have for me? Surely with all this blogging and stage time, you've got guy, I want like Brett's ultimate guide to printing money with PMAX. <laughs> so I, I did uh, create the ultimate guide to Google Shopping years ago with Shopify. So partnership with Shopify was on their blog. It's been updated. So now the newest version, it's free. There's not even an opt-in. It will walk through PMAX kind of at a base level. So there's that. Uh, this is not quite out yet, but it's coming. I created the uh, a PMAX blueprint. So like everything you need to know to get started on PMAX. I did that partnership with Ezra Firestone and Smart Marketer and Molly Pittman and, and, and the gang. And so that will be available for purchase. Um, it's not out yet. And so uh, I do have a couple of recordings and I can get you the link to this, Kurt. I did a recording that kind of goes deep into PMAX and I bring on some of the specialists from OMG, some of, some of my team that, that's really experienced in PMAX. And we, we've got a recording that I can, that's free and I can, I can share that with you. That'd be, a good, that'd be a good starting point. 
Okay, yes, share that with me. I will stick it in the show notes. And uh, I will include, yeah, here I found your your updated uh, Google Shopping ads. Nice. Article with Shopify, which is really good. I have sent it to people many times. I've referenced it in the past. Yeah, and it's good because, it, you know, shopping is a, is a big component of Pmax. And so getting your feed right and stuff, that's important. So that's all in that blog. And then it does talk Pmax as well. And then you'll share some other resources for me to include in the show notes. But otherwise, it's like, if you're already familiar with with Google Ads, just start making the campaign and follow the advice outlined here. Yeah, exactly. Follow the advice here. Start start playing with it a little bit. If you if your smart shopping campaigns were automatically upgraded to Pmax and you did nothing else with it, go in and add more assets, add those audience signals. Like like take that step. That's going to be important. Um, and and then you know another another piece that that's that's free that I'll mention. We have a, a top YouTube ad examples guide. So it's like that's 16, 17 of like some of the top performing YouTube ads uh, of recent years, all in a guide. So links to watch them, kind of a breakdown of why they work. That's all available for free at the OMG Commerce website. So that, that's a good resource too. If you wanted to be like, hey, I want to know, are my are my ads ready for YouTube? They're ready for the Pmax, uh, ready for YouTube within within Pmax, then, then check out that guide. Ooh, this is a good one. All right, that I put in the show notes, and this I think I'll probably share on social because I'm like, this yeah. is this is it's useful. There, yeah, uh, there's some really fun videos, and as you watch them, you'll be like, okay, I, I I could do something similar to that with with my brand. And finally, if I just want to hire someone to do it for me, can I have OMG Commerce do this? Yes. So yeah, we love we love the chat. Uh, we are growing. Obviously, around the holidays, it's a little bit nutty because we got to you know priority number one is take care of existing clients, but we're we're definitely in growth mode. Want to talk to great brands that are that are growing so first step is a, a free strategy session so you can request that at omgcommerce.com and i think it says let's chat or let's talk and then you know ask you a few questions and kind of gets the ball rolling but that's the first step we'd love to have that strategy session and then talk about okay what could this look like what's the right timing you know all of those things so so yes we we're exclusively e-com and we're working with growing brands and so if that if that is you we'd love to chat Wonderful. Brett Curry, this has been insightful. I'm excited about Pmax campaigns. I'm always happy to like, here is a new efficient tool to drive qualified yeah. traffic. That is, the, I swear, it's the hardest part of e-commerce. So have, <laughs> always welcome to have new, better, efficient tools that will get me uh, return on my ad spend. But uh, Brett Curry, OMG Commerce, thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, Kurt. E-commerce marketing is changing. Email is no longer the only way to build relationships with customers. SMS is now the fastest growing sales channel for online brands. And if you haven't gotten started yet, I know what you might be thinking. My customers don't want to receive text messages. Or, I don't think I could drive ROI with SMS. But here's the thing, SMS is where you find your best customers. You don't need to have thousands of SMS contacts to drive meaningful revenue. And merchants see up to a 250% increase in engagement and conversion rates when they pair email and SMS together. Tax marketing is here to stay, my friends. And Privy is the fastest way to get started. Privy gives you access to all the tools you need to grow your SMS list and send money-making text messages. Plus, their full suite of website conversion and email marketing tools. And the cherry on top? You'll get one-on-one -on -one coaching and support no matter where you start with Privy. Ready to get started or just learn more? Go check out Privy on the Shopify App Store and see how you can get started for free today.